Hi, I'm Matt, and you are listening to Real Things That Really Matter. Our heart in this show is to open up the floor to conversation about topics in the Bible and Christianity that may be hard to understand, and to see them from different perspectives. I know that we don't always agree on some things, but we feel that we should be able to ask questions and listen to each other as we walk through this life following Jesus. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy as we venture into another conversation on real things that really matter. Hi, Matt. Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing great. It's good to see you again. It's good to see you again. It's been an interesting journey so far through our uh, Revelation study, if you can call it study. I, would say I am study. actually learning a lot. My eyes are being opened. Yeah, and I've, I've, I've had to wrestle with a lot of things myself. Processing this out loud uh, on the air and also prior to the air, or airing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Pre-airing, yes. We may have to record some of these pre uh, discussions that we have and let they're you guys good. Yeah. Some of that. It'll be a whole nother se- season. <laughs> we'll have our season of pre aired, aired episodes. Right. It's awesome. The off takes. Sure. Yeah. So we left in, uh, revelation 13 yes. and a lot of stuff had happened. Pretty much the beast has come out and the second num- beast, the second beast yep. is now out. And everyone is required to get the mark of the beast so they can buy and sell. And we said, do not get the mark. Do not get the mark. Should we stop here and make the point of the Antichrist? Yeah, I think we should. It's there's. I think there's a misconception out there that there is a person called the Antichrist. And I don't believe that that is correct because there are references to the spirit of the Antichrist in first John and second John and that the spirit of the antichrist is already here. Right. And that says that people who do not believe that Christ is the son of God is right. That's the, that's the spirit of the antichrist. So for, for instance, first John four beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Many false prophets have gone out into the world. Uh, By this, you know, the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. That's first John. So, that is the only reference of Antichrist is John there, first John. Revelation doesn't actually use that word. Right. And then people read into that that and, it's an Antichrist, and we also get it from modern culture and movies and such and so forth. Right. We're waiting for the one, the Antichrist. And the beast would obviously be driven by a spirit of the Antichrist, but he is not like the one and only Antichrist. Yeah, and I would guess you could say that Antichrist is an is an anti-Jesus philosophy. Which anti- you can see right now. Yeah, and that's a lot of people don't you know, a lot of people have the philosophy that there is no there is no son of God. Yep. There's religions that are built around it that right. there's no son of God. And America itself is saying that Christianity and Jesus is archaic and outdated and right. not relevant. 
Yeah. So, so there really is no antichrist per se in the book of Revelation. There's, there's the beast. There's the beast. And the and, second beast. And if you feel comfortable calling that the antichrist, I think that's fine. Yes. But it might not be technically accurate. So we just wanted to, I just wanted to kind of call that out because I know, you know, we've got, we've got books, we've got movies, we've got, uh, theories and philosophies that are all centered on waiting for the antichrist to show. And just as Jesus says, reader, let the reader understand the spirit of the antichrist is in the world already. So that being said, we're going to go and try to get through chapter 14 if possible. We can't guarantee that, but here it goes. So the lamb and the 144,000. Then I saw the lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him were 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a sound from heaven like the roar of mighty ocean waves or the rolling of loud thunder. It was like the sound of many harpists playing together. This great choir sang a wonderful new song in front of the throne of God and before the four living uh, living beings and the 24 elders. No one could learn this song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. They have kept themselves as pure as virgins, following the Lamb wherever he goes. They have been purchased from among the people of the earth as a special offering to God and the Lamb. They have told no lies. They are without blame. Okay. We should, we should probably pause on that one. I agree. Because we've mentioned the 144,000 back in, oh, what was it, 12? Nope. Go back further. Seven. Seven. That was All chapter the way seven. back in right. chapter seven. We see the 144,000 of Israel sealed, and this is the, the 12,000 from all the tribes. Right, which is another tricky thing, because it's not like we've both been to Israel. It's not like people say, well, I'm from the tribe of Benjamin, or right. I'm from the tribe of Simeon. Right. They don't know. Maybe there are a few, but I, I, I don't mean, know if there's 12,000. God is the only one who knows how he he's going to separate. Yes, he would he's, know. he's he the knows. only one who could separate them. But still, we see this 144,000. They are obviously listed as descendants from the tribes of Israel, and they are sealed to be, it says, first fruits for God, almost as the redemption of, I don't know, uh, of the tribes of Israel, maybe. Yeah, and I guess you have to question, why does this have to happen? Why does there have to be... 12,000 of from each tribe of of these Jews that have turned and seen the light. Yeah. I why don't know. why is that and what is their purpose? Well, to sing a new song. They're the only ones that learn this song it says in in 14. They're the only ones that can learn to sing this new song to the lamb being redeemed from the earth. And so I guess I don't know necessarily the whole purpose because it doesn't really say anything after that. They're yeah, rescued. And, and they are, and they're slaughtered, right? These 144,000. Uh, are they mentioned past this? We're going to have to keep reading. No. Cause I was saying, did they get slaughtered earlier? No. Okay. No, they were redeemed and sealed. And it says here that here's the ones that were sealed on Mount Zion with the lamb. 
Okay. All right. And then there was the three angels, and I saw another angel flying through the sky, carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the people who belong to this world, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. Fear God, he shouted, give glory to him, for the time has come when he will sit as judge. Worship him who made the heavens and earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. Then another angel followed him through the sky, shouting, Babylon is fallen, that great city is fallen, because she made all the nations of the world drink the wine of her passionate immorality. Then a third angel followed them, shouting, Anyone who worships the beast and his statue, or who accepts his, his mark on the forehead or on the hand, must drink the wine of God's anger. It has been poured full strength into, the, into God's cup of wrath, and they will be tormented with fire and burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb. The smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. They will have, and they will have no relief day or night, for they have worshipped the beast and his statue and have accepted the mark of his name. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently, obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in Jesus. Hmm. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this down, blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the spirit, they are blessed indeed, for they will they will rest from their hard work and their good deeds follow them. So once again, it's saying, don't get the mark. You're and damned endure. if you do. And the the ones who don't, who wait patiently, it says God's holy people must endure persecution patiently. Once again, that sounds sound, like God's people are still here. No raptures taking place. Yeah. And this is again, after the second beast has showed up. Yeah, we're deep into Revelation now. Yeah, we're starting to get into the really, really hard stuff to understand. Um, And as we read in last week's chapter of 13, right at the end of the first beast, it says, here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. Right? Right. And then again now in 14, after we see the lamb on Mount Zion, which is interesting, with the 144,000, we hear that um, we once again have to endure and keep the commandments of God and our faith in Jesus. That sounds that sounds eerily like we're all still here, or whoever is alive in this moment is still, you know, the world and the kingdom of God is still on this earth. I guess the subtext would be, it's kind of bad news for all you pre-tribbers and mid-tribbers out there, <laughs> because we can't, we're here, in, we're here in chapter 14, and we can't find anything about that. Yeah, because here's my argument on pre-tribulation, or even mid-tribulation, is if all of those who died in the great tribulation are the ones that are seen in white before the throne of God, then why during the tribulation right now is it still asking and calling for the endurance of the saints? It doesn't make sense to me. It means the only thing that makes sense is we're still on the earth. It totally looks that way to me. And that, you know, we can go back to, to chapter 13 where it, it says, this means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently and remain faithful. Right. So, you know, reading, reading the Bible and not trying to add or subtract from the message of what we're reading, that's, it's hard to overlook that or put it somewhere else or, you know what I mean? 
Right. And you, you want to think, hey, surely the good Lord won't let the rest, won't let his church go through all this mess. Now, aren't we supposed to be safe from all this? But here's the deal. And this, this kind of uh, will be a slap in the face to some of us is it's not about us. It's about those who aren't saved. If God did not even withhold his son from enduring the torment and persecution of dying for those who are lost, what is our purpose? What is the church's purpose on earth? To seek and save and win and preach the gospel to the lost. We're supposed to do what Jesus did. That's the commission he gave us and said, go out and do this. And then in uh, Peter, first Peter, I believe, the Lord is not slow with some consider slowness, but he is patient, not willing for any to perish, not wishing any to perish, but that all will find eternal life. And so how are they to hear if we're not here to preach? And how are they to believe if they see no faith? And, how, and that's in, in uh, Romans, I believe. If there's nobody here during the tribulation to point to Jesus... We're assuming that they're just going to naturally do it. And we read that that's not quite how it happens either. And so we have to be the light of Christ in the middle of the persecution saying there's hope. There's more. And I go back again to the Israel in Egypt. God did protect his people somewhat in those plagues and in the that time. Oh, he did. For sure. The They, they didn't have... They didn't have cattle that that died. Right. It then, wasn't totally a, a devastation for Israel, but yet they were still in. They could witness it, but they the actually weren't a part of it. They right. were shielded to some degree. And it does say back in the beginning of, I believe, the seals, or maybe it was the trumpets. Uh, we'd have to read back. But it does say those who have the seal of God on their foreheads, you will not harm. Yes, it and, does say that. And so, I don't know. I kind of seems to me like we're supposed to go through this in the strength of the Holy Spirit to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ still, even till the end of the age. It's heavy and yeah. you don't want to, and you don't, you want to take the, the chicken way out and say, no, that doesn't happen to us. But we're, it's not about us. It's not about us. It's about Jesus and what he has saved us from and what we're supposed to do with that knowledge and with that gift. Because we know this is only a season. This is only a time. This is only a flash in the pan. And the hope is the end of Revelation that says, and we will be in the presence of the Lord forever. It's hard to understand as a, as a, as a uh, my mind doesn't want to wrap around it. And that's where faith has to come in and the Holy Spirit and the strength that is beyond me. Well, and it makes me almost angry with all the false doctrine out there. Well, it, By, it creates from, from, you know, passionate doctorate level teachers that just gloss over all this stuff. I, I think it creates a soft Christianity. It totally creates a soft and a false teaching. That and I'm not saying that I'm a hundred percent right. I'm sure I've got a lot of it wrong too, but I can't ignore some of these things that we're reading. <laughs> yes. Based off what <laughs> I'm just based off this book and what I'm reading here with you, I don't see how you can come to a pre-trib philosophy or a mid-trib philosophy. Mm. It clearly says in more than one spot, God's holy people must endure. Yeah. 
Yeah. And also, uh, this one's interesting. 13. Read that again in, in thirteen chapter uh, verse 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this down. Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the spirit, they are blessed indeed, for they will rest from their hard work, for their good deeds follow them. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> That's what you're going to say is, hmm? hmm. <laughs> How about we read on? I don't know what else we can do with that <laughs> the one. The harvest of the earth. When I Then I saw a white cloud. And seated on the cloud was someone like the son of man. He had a gold crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then another angel came from the temple and shouted to the one sitting on the cloud, Swing the sickle, for the time of harvest has come. The crop on earth is ripe. So the one sitting on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the whole earth was harvested. After that, another angel came from the temple in heaven, and he also had a sharp sickle. Then another angel, who had the power to destroy with fire, came from the altar. He shouted to the angel with the sharp sickle, Swing your sickle now to gather the cluster of grapes from the vines of the earth, for they are ripe for judgment. So the angel swung his sickle over the earth and loaded the grapes into the grape winepress of God's wrath. The grapes were trampled, in the wine press outside the city, and blood flowed from the wine press in a stream about 180 miles long and as high as a horse's bridle. Let's unpack that and see <laughs> if we can figure out what that means. Okay. Okay. So the grapes are are bad people. Well, so the vine of the earth. What is what does Jesus call himself if we are in Him, abiding in Him? He says, I am the... He is the vine and, and we are, you the, are the, the branches. Yeah. Okay. So we have to stay attached to him. We have to abide in him. If He who abides in me and I in him. Right? Right. Now, here it says specifically the vine of the earth. So we have the vine of Jesus who keeps us alive and gives us that living water and, and brings us to the Father. And then the vine of the earth, which is the vine of destruction. Okay. That would, be, that would be if you are of this world, right? The world, the earth, that is all a symbol of the ruler of darkness, of Satan. So... Once again, is this a metaphorical thing? Is this a literal thing? It well, sounds pretty literal if you're going to have an, a river of 180 miles long and high as a horse's bridle. I'm just trying to break down the whole vine and gathering the okay. grapes. So, so what would that what would that mean if you're gathering the vines of the earth and the grapes are ripe for wrath? What judgment does that sound like? Sounds to me like the judgment of those who are, don't believe in Jesus. The wrath judgment. Well, I know, but let's not, I don't want to skip ahead, but we haven't even opened up the, uh, the seven bowls yet. Right. And so what happens to all those people? If we're skipping ahead, I don't, because there's there's okay. a lot more judgment You're, to be had. Very, very true. Very so true. there must be so a lot I can't of skip ahead. So but, there's other there's other grapes that get another type of judgment. Well, the Christ, the believers, those in Christ, yeah, we see a different judgment. We see. I'm not the, saying us. I'm saying if you if you just go down to 15, 
that's when the bowls come of the seven plagues and so forth. We haven't even got to the bowls. Yeah. <laughs> and we're already harvesting we're already harvesting bad guys with the of the grapes from the sickle. Well, that's I mean And that's mm, gotta be a lot because hundred and eighty miles long and as a big, high as a horse's brunt. That's a significant number of folks. Yeah, that's a lot of blood. That's a lot of blood. So you know, I I I I, I have no definitive answer. How's that? I don't know, but it sounds like it would be more for those who are of the earth, in my opinion, the vine of the earth. Well, these other people aren't of the earth where they get the seven bowls of seven plagues? Well, we got to read through that. I'm just reading this verse, this section, the clusters from the vine of the earth. It's hard to determine who that is, yeah. and I don't know that we Maybe have the we'll answer to that. we'll get some more insight as we read on. Do you think we should go into 15? Let's read into 15 and see if we have a little <clears throat> bit okay, more let's see. insight. The song, Chapter 15. The song of Moses and of the Lamb. Then I saw in heaven another marvelous event of great significance. Seven angels were holding the seven last plagues, which would bring God's wrath to completion. I saw before me what seemed to be a glass sea mixed with fire. And on it stood all the people who had been victorious over the beast and his statue and the number representing his name. They were all holding harps that God had given them, and they were singing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord God, the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear you, Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are, are holy, and all, all nations will come and worship before you. For your righteous deeds have been revealed." The seven bowls of the seven plagues. Then I looked and saw that the temple in heaven, God's tabernacle, was thrown wide open. The seven angels who were holding the seven plagues came out of the temple. They were clothed in spotless white linen with gold sashes across their chest. Then one of the four living beings handed each of the seven angels a gold bowl filled with the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. The temple was filled with smoke from God's glory and power. No one could enter the temple until the seven angels had completed pouring out the seven plagues. What do you sounds like? It's that? becoming uh, the end of the end to me is what I'm seeing here because we're at the point. God's temple is thrown wide open there's also those who conquered the beast who are standing beside the sea of glass mingled with fire. And there's rejoicing that the righteous acts are being revealed. And it's like the final curtain call of revelation is about to happen with the seven bulls. Well, and I, I know that there's a lot of judgment and wrath that comes along, but I'm trying to delineate the, the who were the grapes from the first judgment. Right. So I think, okay. From, and how are they any different than people who get the bowls dumped on them? Well, read through, let's read through the seven bowls. We can get through that, I think. Okay. Then I heard a mighty voice from the temple say to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out on the earth the seven bowls containing God's wrath. So the first angel left the temple and poured out his bowl on the earth, 
and horrible malignant sores broke out on everyone who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. Then the second angel poured out, poured out his bowl on the sea, and it became like the blood of a corpse, and everything in the sea died. Then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs, and they became blood. And I heard the angel who had authority over all water saying, You are just, O holy one, who is and who always was, because you have sent these judgments since they shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets, you have given them blood to drink. It is their just reward. And I heard a voice from the altar saying, Yes, O Lord, the Almighty, your judgments are true and just. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, causing it to scorch everyone with its fire. Everyone was burned by this blast of heat, and they cursed the name of God who had control over all these plagues. They did not repent of their sins and turn to God and give him glory. Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his judgment was plunged into darkness. His subjects ground their teeth in anguish, and they cursed the God of heaven for their pains and sores. But they did not repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great Euphrates River, and it dried up so that the kings from the east could march their armies toward the west without hindrance. And I saw three evil spirits that looked like frogs leap from the mouths of the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. They are demonic spirits who work miracles and go out to all the rulers of the world to gather them for battle against the Lord on that great judgment day of God the Almighty." Look, I will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Blessed are all who are watching for me, who keep their clothing ready so they will not have to walk around naked and ashamed. And the demonic spirits gathered all the rulers and their armies to a place with the Hebrew name Armageddon. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a mighty shout came from the throne in the temple, saying, It is finished. Then the thunder crashed and rolled, and lightning flashed, and a great earthquake struck. The worst since people were placed on the earth. The great city of Babylon split into three sections, and the cities of many nations fell into heaps of rubble. So God remembered all of Babylon's sins, and he made her drink the cup that was filled with the wine of his fierce wrath. And every island disappeared, and all the mountains were leveled. There was a terrible hailstorm, and hailstones weighing as much as 75 pounds fell from the sky onto the people below. They curse God because of the terrible plague of the hail storm. Yeah, this sounds like like it's over. Like well, it's, like it's over. And it also, I don't know who the grapes are. Yeah, and I don't. And are we still here during all this? Because it sure sounds like we're we were going to get hailstones on us too, and fire from sun and so forth, and well, the huge earthquake. I don't know. It, the interesting, interesting, the years in 15, what does it say? Verse 15, behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed. Doesn't Jesus say that he will come like a thief in the night? He talks the parable of the, of the watchers, of the bridesmaid, bride, uh, what is it? So what are you saying that look I will come as unexpectedly as a thief blessed all who are watching for me who keep their clothing ready Just as he talks readies. about the ones who needed the oil and the seven that didn't and the seven that right. did and So you're well, saying 
it could be that the that taken up right before the seventh the seventh bowl. Maybe. As the as the Armageddon is assembled, or that's where we all assemble to fight on the side of the one who wins in Armageddon. Well, I'm sorry, but when the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, causing it to scorch everyone with its fire. Yeah, that sounds pretty miserable. It it sounds like everyone could how do you how do you avoid the sun? I get sunburned really easily. I experience the sunlight almost every day. <laughs> Unless I'm in the basement or something. Yeah. It's uh it sounds like that would affect everyone. It does sound like all of those, the bulls are going to be, it, that's the wrath of God. The wrath. It is done, my version says. So Jesus says it's finished on the cross, and then he says it is done in Revelation. And so this is the end of the end. And there's still a question on: Are we here or are we not? Well, we have the we have the, and we go back to 14 now. We have the reaping of the the earth. Put your sickle and reap, for the hour to reap has come. The harvest of the earth is fully ripe. And he swings his sickle across the earth, and the earth was reaped. Maybe that is where, because Jesus also talks about sending his angels out to gather the wheat and the chaff. And so right here, we kind of have a harvest of the earth, the wheat, the earth is fully ripe. And then the next is the chaff, the wrath of God. The wine press was trodden outside the city. I don't know why some would be left for the Armageddon. I don't know what would be different. I don't know that this is actually the rapture, but another interesting point would be, Right before this, it says that we see the Lamb on Mount Zion with the 144,000. So is this the beginning of the whole process? Because I'm still waiting for chapter 20 to come around. <laughs> I know it. And it it seems just inconceivable that we would be in in the middle of all this, but yet in in chapter 13 it clearly says this means all all God's holy people must endure. Well, then chapter 14. The, and then 14 and 12 it says this means that God's holy people must endure. Yeah. And then here we go with the the wine press. Well, and, and, and so the harvest of the earth and it sounds like the wine press is is that's a good part. I mean, you're lucky if you got you're part of the wine press. Well, and so the one the, who harvests the earth is the one who's seated on a cloud, one like a son of man, with a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. He's the one that harvests the earth before the wine press, and then another angel comes out of the temple, and he too has a sharp sickle. And he's the one that harvests the vine of the earth for the grapes are ripe. So there's two different harvests that happen in that passage. Not sure exactly where I stand on that, but I'm just pointing that out. Okay, that's, that is a, I think that's an excellent point. In 15, you're saying, then another angel came yes. from the temple and shouted to the one sitting on the cloud, 
swing the sickle. No, that's the first one. That's the one with the, like the son of man with the golden crown on his head. 17 starts the other angel coming out of the temple. Okay, but that is the one from... That's for the vine of the earth. Yes, but I'm not talking about that. Yeah, that's the, that's the wine press and the wrath of God. Yeah, I don't want that one. <laughs> I'm saying... I'm just looking at the two different harvests that happen right before the bowls are poured out. Okay, so the one sitting on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth and the whole earth was harvested. That's got to be it. Maybe. That's got to be it. Good eye, Mike. Maybe. I'm still waiting for chapter 20. Then another angel came from the temple and shouted to the one sitting on the cloud, swing the sickle, for the time of harvest has come. The crop on earth is ripe. So the one sitting on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the whole earth was harvested. Yes. I mean, that the believers were harvested from the earth. That would match the things that Jesus says back in Matthew when he's talking about it. And one is taken and the other is left. And and this could be two different things. He takes those who are in him first. And then the wrath of God comes and takes those who are the chaff. The, yeah. I will send says, my angels over so the, the earth. So the son Jesus of man says. was sitting there with his sickle and he harvested the believers. And then another angel with another sickle. The yep. power to destroy with fire came from the alt. So that makes perfect sense. It does, except that I'm still waiting for you're chapter sa- 20. So you're saying this this whole theory is going to get blown up in chapter I 20. It, to me, it does. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. And, and so, again. But I, I think that is excellent point right there And It's 15. something to take note of. Absolutely. 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 Because it is two different harvests, and it does and match one what is, Jesus says. Yes, and one is the Son of Man, yep. who we know. He looks is, like the Son of Man, and we know that that is a reference to Christ. It is, totally. And then the other one is an angel with the power to destroy. Right. With fire. And Jesus says his angels, uh, I'd, we'll have to go find that parable, but he specifically talks about the parable where he'll gather the wheat and the chaff and he'll throw it all together in the barn and the angels will, it, that's the, the reference of the angels harvesting the earth in the end times. Jesus says it. He tells a parable about it. So, uh, more questions. More questions. Yeah, that one I don't think, that just opened up more uh, more curiosity. I'm surprised that more people haven't mentioned this verse uh, 14, 15. Yeah, maybe they have. Here. Maybe I, we just haven't found them. I, in all my research, I haven't, it seemed like that should be a, oh, hi- really? a highlighted one. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's not one, I guess, that stands out. The harvest of the earth, though, should be, uh, it should be a pretty big deal in considering our our interpretation of what we're thinking is going to happen. But that would make sense because it's before the seven bowls. And the seven bowls are horrifying. Yeah. We the rest of it hasn't been fun. Right. No, the rest is, you know, it's been very profound and awful, but nothing like the bowls. <laughs> yeah, the bowls are the end. If you're here for the bowls, you got, you're in bad shape. It is done. It is done, it says. Well, we did, went pretty far today, farther than I thought we would. We did. So we've gotten all the way to we've 16. Gone, we've gone through 16. We still might have to go we're gonna, dig into 16 a little more. Yeah. That's for next time. And I guarantee you we're going to do some uh, cross-referencing and backtracking as we get further on because some of this is referencing things we've already read, and it explains a little bit more of the questions that we had, just like the 144,000. It took five verses to, or five chapters to get to that again. Right. And again, 
I'm going to stick us all with, with 20. <laughs> you just wait. Because <laughs> oh there's, a, there's a passage in there that I cannot ignore. Spoiler alert. If you want to read ahead, go ahead. It's yeah, fine. Maybe get your own ideas about what's coming. Yes, yeah, so uh, we'd love to hear your comments. Love uh, it. I'm having a lot of fun, and I know Mike is too. Yep. So we sure appreciate you listening in. Sure do. Love you all. God bless. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you have been challenged to study God's word, to find out what it says, and to build on what you believe. Our heart is to help create a desire in you to draw closer to Jesus. If you would like to contact us with questions or comments, email us at MikeMattRealThings at gmail.com, on Facebook, Real Things That Really Matter, and on Twitter, at MMRealThings. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to stay in the know of what we are doing. Again, thanks for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. See you next time.